0: Today, we examine a classic that literally checks all the boxes. It's, it's like Paul McCartney and, and Stevie Wonder, Ebony and Ivory, if, if you threw in copious amounts of, of martial arts, karate, and kung fu. Power Man and Iron Fish broke through. It defied the odds. Two books that were headed towards cancellation were combined and added an extra seven years, 75 issues, all new. Amazing talent was introduced on this book during this time. It 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 was a it was a diverse book, it had representation, it literally had it all. We're gonna discuss it on a fresh new episode of Rob Observations. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Rob Observations. I am your host. Rob Lightfeld, the purpose of each and every Rob's observations is to put the target squarely on the comic books, the comic book stories, the comic book superheroes, the comic book characters, the comic book creators. Because without them, you don't get the latest comic book show streaming on Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Amazon Prime. Without all of those comic book elements, you don't get the giant billion dollar movies. I value and have always valued uh, comic books, comic book creators, and by chance, in case this is your first time listening, I make comic books as well. For 37 years, I have made comic books my profession. I have created characters like Deadpool and Cable and X-Force and Domino. I helped uh, start and launch, was the flagship book from Image Comics, the third largest comic book publisher. I sold X-Force. We broke records. Uh, worked on the New Mutants. Did a best-selling uh, run of Captain America: Avengers. Most people don't know I have the best-selling issue of Avengers. So, so like, uh, and that's something I'm saying to you with a smile on my face. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. This industry, this business, has been tremendous, tremendous fun. With the, with the the wages that I have made from comic books, I was able to buy my parents a house. Uh, by myself, homes raise three kids. Uh, put my kids through school. Comic books have been very good to me, and I have always, from my standpoint, especially as a fan, been very good to comic books. They are my passion. They are my love, and I absolutely am always thrilled to discuss them here on Rob Observations. I've, I've tried to take you on my own journey since I was seven years old pulling these off the spinner rack. If you go back to season one, if you go back to the very beginning of Rob's observations, you'll find my perspective as a seven-year-old kid. And yes, 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 yes. I remember that like it was yesterday. Okay. Like it was yesterday. I can remember going into all the different uh, places that comic books were sold. And the great news, when I was a kid, they were sold everywhere. They were at the grocery store. They were at the liquor store. They were at the uh, 7-Eleven market. There was a knockoff of 7-Eleven called Utotem. There was another one called Stop and Go. Even in uh, Fullerton, California, there was a, wait for it, a 712. I've always uh, thought that that guy, special accommodations to the guy who had the 712 and got away with it. But comic books were at each and every one of these places. They were everywhere. They they were 20 cents, 25 cents, 30 cents, completely manageable. Uh, when, my, my, when my parents gave me money for a hot lunch at school, I pocketed that for a hot comic after school come on you, you know many of you did the same the evolution of the comic book to giant blockbuster pop culture uh, iconic you know characters that are on the shelves at Walmart and Target which is kind of you know an echo of the comic books at at the corner market at the grocery store l- l- like I'm talking about when I was 7 now comic book stuff everywhere is uh, is all all the way front and center whether it's Walmart, Target, whatever whatever uh big box store there is, you know, they opened a new Target uh in my town, a mini Target. They had they had uh, there was a warehouse, a uh like a uh gosh, uh like a, a a home goods store. It wasn't home goods, but it was like uh, you know, construction store, but it it was it, it wasn't like the big box ones. And eventually they went out of business. So Target swooped in and in record time created a mini Target. Why am I telling you this? Because most people expected, you know, all of the aspects of the mini Target. And I've been to mini Targets in other towns. I know what a mini Target looks like, just like I know what a mini Walmart looks like. This mini Target uh, does not have a mini toy section. They made sure that the toys are as big as the giant expansive targets that I go to in the other towns and many, many aisles of superhero toys, the DC superhero, the DC superheroes, the Marvel superheroes. Then you got star Wars, GI Joe transformers, you know, the deal, the, the, the only thing about this mini target that isn't mini is the target is is the toy section. And, uh, and it is expansive and stocked and that just speaks to the demand. If you're going to have target of any kind now and you want to still uh get get the boys the the boys and girls the 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 kids of all ages you know the 55 year old me walking down the aisle (laughs) looking to see if they have some of the new marvel toys and uh and 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 then flipping casually through the, the the star wars selection as well and and i'm among uh what i could see 10 12 7 13 year olds okay So kids of all shapes, sizes, and ages, you know, you're going to make sure that your toy section is still robust, and it was robust. The thing I want to talk to you guys about today, today's topic, the topic on the table. There's a San Diego uh, sportscaster, and he used to say, the topic's on the table. And my buddies and I, we used to talk about comic books in the last 20 years, like, let's put the topics on the table. Well, the topic on the table today is a return to a, a subject that I think comics has done so well, and and I'm going to give so many accolades to Marvel Comics because I think they've done it better than any, better than most, is the uh, diversity in comics. In the first season, right right along, like the first six episodes of Rob Observations in the pandemic era of 2020, uh, the George Floyd thing blew up, and uh, our nation went you know crazy and haywire and justifiably so a lot of anger a lot of outrage and i remember going you know what the one thing i loved when i was a kid was how great the representation was in the comic books and in that diversity in comics episode i am telling you that kids like robbie Leifel in 1974 that were growing up uh some of their favorite characters mine were and i've, I've also uh done in a, in a dedicated podcast, I think in the last year where I discussed the fact that all the characters that I truly, truly loved when I was a kid, the ones that I totally dig, uh, were, were digging were the guys with the attitudes. And I, and I go out of my way to tell you there was, you know, the thing who had a hot temper and was a tough guy from the fantasy four. Then it was Pr- Prince, Namor, uh, Submariner, hot, hot temper, you know, uh, angry guy, rebellious guy, uh, then there was luke cage power man who i freaking loved i loved his yellow shirt i loved his uh, tiara his silver tiara i loved his his chain for a belt i loved his blue pants uh i just loved him as a character i bought anything and everything luke cage power man which started out as heroes for hire so if you go back and look at the uh the origin of that book sometimes it may be uh listed in h because it started out heroes for hire they didn't make it power man until I'm, I'm I'm thinking like twelve. 12 issues 16 issues and they then they changed it from heroes for hire to luke cage uh power man hero for hire or heroes for hire they jammed it all up in there but uh luke cage was my next favorite and then came wolverine who was the hottest hothead and had the six knives coming out of his hands so but it was uh you know and then for honorary mention was hercules the uh marvel's version of hercules who had a really bad temper and uh i, I like the bad temper guys i didn't like the noble guys as much as i like the bad tempers and in 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 this in that dedicated podcast that you can find in the back catalog maybe it was it's it's called the 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 temperamental heroes or the hotheads i'm not i'm not really sure off the top of my head but between season one and then last season i've, I've gone through uh my favor for for so many of the the characters that had great representation so marvel published the very first black superhero in Luke Cage Power Man Heroes for Hire. Black Panther obviously was already out there exploding through the pages of Fantastic 4 back in the 60s, but they didn't give him his own title until after they gave Luke Cage Power Man his own title. Then DC followed with Black Lightning, then we had Black Goliath, and then it was off to the races and there was tons of great, popular, um excellent black characters that were all over the Marvel and DC catalogs and and it was really exciting. I bought all of them. And I and I walk you through that walk. I didn't see color. And I've said my parents, God bless them, we just didn't we weren't raised in that kind of a house. Uh, you know, watched a ton of NBA basketball. And when you're a kid, you know, you, you you pick up on weird stuff. And and not only was it not prevalent in our home, it wasn't something that any of our friends did. So yes, little white, very white, super white Robbie Leifeld, uh Really loved the black culture. I loved the black music. Um, if I could catch a black exploitation movie on the After School Channel, I would because I dug those guys. They were, you know, I mean, Richard Roundtree, the Shaft movies. I mean, that stuff was badass. Also, and 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 it's very interesting in in the uh, in in the recent. Oh boy, am I gonna am I gonna break it down for you? I am gonna break it down for you. I've told some of you guys on on long time listeners will know that I, I watch Westerns on Saturdays and my, my, my daughter's like, Oh, it's, it's cowboy Saturday for dad again. I will just, you know, watch alias Smith and Jones, big Valley, Bonanza, rawhide, you name it. If it's, uh if it's a Western on Saturday, I'm just locked in. Now, when I say watch them, that's loosey goosey because I'm not really lo- watching as much as I'm listening. I like to draw on Saturdays. I've always drawn on Saturdays, Saturday morning from eight, to one o'clock i'm drawing and those are the shows that are on during that time well a new part of my schedule to keep me on on time and get my pages out through the uh th- through the entirety of of deadpool batter blood and any other projects that i've had going on in the last better part of a year <clears throat> there's a station called me tv and they started me tv plus and it plays all the 70s like detective and crime shows that i grew up with and the mod squad uh, which had you know one white guy, one black lead, and one uh, white girl lead. So there was three of them, the Mod Squad. And uh, never missed that show when I was a kid. It was already in reruns. It, 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 it was probably in its fifth season in 1972. So I'm five years old. Maybe I saw the the, the last season. But uh, you know the the <clears throat> the bottom line is that there was that 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 is one of the shows that I watch literally every single day, and it takes me back every single time. How totally much you know? I I dug the show and surprised my favorite character. I didn't like Michael Cole's Pete as much. He was kind of boring. I loved because come on, wait is it is there a better name than Link? Is there a better name than Link? Clarence Williams the Third played Link. Now Peggy Lipton, who would then go on in her forties later later years to be on Twin Peaks. I loved her too. She was you know like I said when you're when you're five or six or seven you, you get a crush you get a crush on you know Mrs Partridge Mrs Brady you know, whatever, maybe I was just a horny little seven-year-old, I don't know, man, did, did, did Peggy Lipton do it for, for little five, six-year-old Robbie Liefeld, but Link was a badass, Mod Squad was in reruns, I watched it all the time, but then, here's the deal, the other show that I watch every single day without fail, do not miss, and it is where one of my favorite shows called SWAT was spun off from, is a show called uh, The Rookie, The Rookies, not, not The Rookie now with the uh, Nathan Fillion, not, 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 not that rookie. That's, that's the modern name. That's just the rookie. The rookies was, uh, three guys and the top build, the top build, uh, you know, uh, character is George Stanford Brown and George Stanford Brown is the lead. He is the first build, um, he, he plays Terry on the rookies. And then weirdly enough, Michael Aunt who is in the first two seasons is another one of the rookies, one of his partners, he goes on to be the sheriff in Twin Peaks. So you got like like the 70s cops really uh filled out the cast of of, of, of Twin Peaks. You had Michael Aunt as the sheriff from the rookies, and then you had Peggy Lipton from the Mod Squad. But Mod Squad, Rookies, both had two uh very important black lead characters, and in fact on the rookies which is an early also Aaron Spelling show again that you'd get the spin off of SWAT then you get Charlie's Angels and I mean come on Aaron Spelling wouldn't stop Dynasty Beverly Hills 90210 No Looking Back but George Stanford Brown was uh, was the lead the first character the the lead character um, on The Rookies and they saw a whole lot of stuff through his his eyes a lot of the social and cultural issues of the day uh, police brutality Racism, uh, racism in the prisons were seen through Terry's eyes as the lead of the show. So the rookies, so again, this is what I'm getting. The rookies is on from 72 to 75. So you're definitely in the five, six, seven, eight era of Robbie Liefeld at that time. This is the stuff we watch. This is the 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 detective cop shows. So this primed me for again loving something like Luke Cage Powerman. But here's the thing, here's the reason that we're putting Powerman and Iron Fist which is, that's our subject today. The, the episode is Ebony and Ivory. Okay, Power Man and Iron Fist, Diversity in Comics, Part 2. The reason we're doing this is because it is many things. It is a great comic book, but it is first and foremost a great marketing move that breathed all new life. I mean, all new life into two franchises that were on the ropes. Power Man was on the ropes. Luke, Iron Fist, Iron Fist was on the ropes. Power Man was approaching its 50th issue and its sales were wobbly. And Iron Fist was running out of juice around issue, you know, 16, 17, 18. It it, 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 it had even less in its tank. And and so, so, so the marketing of this is something I want to discuss with you guys. But also, it's just a cool factor that once again, comic books was out in the forefront, you know, leading the charge for this and and, and and to to readers, young fans like myself, they gave a template that I totally bought into, and I would buy Power Man Iron Fist, or I was already buying Power Man. I was already buying Iron Iron Fist, but when they combine an issue, Iron Fist joins the book in in issue forty-eight. They combine and rename the book on the logo on on the on the cover with issue fifty, and then it goes for one hundred and twenty-five uh issues total so both of these were near cancellation you guys know that the things that i love in comics i love when a a, a great marketing move can save a comic book we've discussed ad nauseum had the x-men was down and out in reprints for three and a half almost four years just to keep the copyright around it was released by bi- by monthly marvel was just kind of kicking it around st- it hanging around then they reintroduced this international team. We've covered it. You got the Russian. You got the Irishman. They they put Sunfire, who had already been in the book, but he represented the Japanese. Obviously, the, you had the Canadian in Wolverine. You had the German in Nightcrawler. You had the African Queen, the the uh, w- 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 with Storm. And suddenly, you had a whole new way to look at this kid, this book. It wasn't just five white kids and their white professor anymore. It was diverse, and it broke through, and it became super hot. Super relevant, and it caught fire and became the number one franchise for ten years. Those are incredible success stories. Today, we're talking about Power Man and Iron Fist because it is the same kind of success story. So, Iron Fist, which and and here, here's a little little background on Iron Fist, and especially look, and I guess the fourth component is not only did they do this well, and does Marvel deserve a you know a tip of the hat for always finding a way for diversity to thrive in their comic book line? But the, there is a component that, much like when I talked to you about Frank Miller, and how I said in a recent show that the Ben Affleck version of Daredevil is Frank Miller's. The Charlie Cox seasons on Netflix are Frank Miller's. The new version from Disney, Daredevil Born Again, is Frank Miller's. I mean, Frank Miller did Daredevil 43 years ago, and it's the only Daredevil Marvel wants to give you, you know, in, in mass media, in mainstream media in filmed editions and they just keep dancing with it because it's brilliant it's epic it's amazing and, and, and you sit there and you go well can we really just look on that one era as the dominant era for daredevil we can we do we have we will it's just like star wars came out in 77 changed everything okay part of the reason i love doing this obviously is it it is it it gives me a certain feeling going back in time remembering how i felt when i experienced all these things but Power Man and Iron Fist, the Power Man and Iron Fist that we are going to discuss with you today is, you know, the version that Netflix gave you, is the version of Luke Cage, uh, and is the version of The Defenders, and is the version of Iron Fist that they gave you. Now, speaking to the Iron Fist of it all, and I remember like 2016, 2017, seeing all the outrage, 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 and I got to be honest, they were like some of my nephews and some of my really um, uninformed family members, they thought, wow, why can't, I kept reading again and again and again. What's up with Marvel giving us this white savior, this white savior in Iron Fist, Iron Fist in Danny Rand. And I would make these statements on social media and try, you know, just as calmly as I possibly could to, to break down that no one, understand this. Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, was the breakout Marvel uh cash in on the martial arts craze. There's an episode of the show. It's called Everyone Was Kung Fu Fighting. It's one of my favorite shows. It talks about the martial arts craze and how it just took off in the comic book medium. Marvel, no one better than Marvel uh, uh, capitalized on it. Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, Iron Fist, the Sons of Tiger became the White Tiger. I mean, between the Sons of Tiger and White Tiger, there's four, Iron Fist, five, Shang-Chi, six. Six major characters. Then you got spinoffs with colleen wing and misty knight and, and 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 colleen wing had a martial arts aspect to her and they were like the female version of what you're getting with power and iron fist so there's like seven martial arts components that marvel cashed in on dc had richard uh dragon kung fu fighter they had their own karate kid in in the legion of superheroes that they spun off into his own book during that time so we cover this all in everyone was kung fu fighting the absolute martial arts craze but the, the mainstream media kids of 2017 are like, well, why are we getting a, a martial arts person that's blonde and is a white savior? Well, they just didn't know that the priority had always been for Marvel was Shang-Chi and the Master of Kung Fu. And that was the better selling, longer running, more successful flagship Marvel martial arts character that they were planning on making into a big time feature film with Kevin Feige. And had had Shang Chi, master of kung fu, been in theaters, had Simu Lu portrayed Shang Chi a year, a few months prior to the Iron Fist show on Netflix, the the outrage would have been different because they would have been like, oh, I see, I see. It would have followed the comic book formula of Shang Chi getting out there first, being more successful in 1972. And again, I will t- the, the origins of why. That existed in how the television show Kung Fu, starring David Carradine, inspired Marvel's creatives to, um, you know, to bust through and and expand beyond Shang-Chi and give you Iron Fist. It was the other move. You know, they already had their super um, standout uh, martial arts Asian superstar, and and so how would they then capitalize on that? They would then give you the other version of this Danny Rand character, who who gets lost, his parents are compromised, he wanders into the city of Kung Lung and is trained and becomes, you know, essentially the martial arts version of Luke Skywalker. I do wonder now, looking back, are all those people who are like white savior, white savior, is 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 Luke Skywalker some sort of white savior? If 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 the if the discourse uh, around, uh, and the discord around, you know. Daisy Ridley's uh, portrayal portrayal of Rey was that she's a Mary Sue. Well, then, are, do we go all the way back and just you know, is Luke Skywalker the the white savior of? I mean, he, he he literally saves the galaxy. It's it's not just he saves a girl. It's not just he saves his friends. It's not just he saves a city. He saves he doesn't just save a planet. He saves the galaxy. Okay, so just something to think about when when people are getting so. Um, like incredibly outraged, and 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 so the outrage followed the Iron Fist character as he debuted on Netflix, and truly, it it didn't really recover from from the outrage, which just got out in front and was hard to contain. But I got to tell you, I thought the season one I thought was a well done show. You're like, what are you talking about? No, go back, go back and watch it. it. It's fun. It's uh, it's a fun show. It is what it is. I I put a huge premium on fun. Okay, not everything has to be Succession or Breaking Bad or Mad Men or The Sopranos. I have a lane called The Fun Lane, and, and, and I like to go in and out of The Fun Lane. And I just thought Iron Fist was fun. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was like award-winning epic television, but was it good for a weekend of of, of digesting a fun show? I, I thought so. Now, do I like the comics better? Pretty much all the time, right? I mean, if you listen to the show, pretty much all the the time but so it so it, it, it <laughs> i feel like the ten commandments i feel like the narrator of the ten commandments now as i say and so it came to pass or maybe i'm doing that in my gandalf and so it came to pass and, I, and you know you know it's going to follow up there is thou shall not pass okay sorry a little constipated version of uh of gandalf there in the wonderful you know you know because everything good happened in 1977 uh in in, uh, in 1977, uh, Power Man number 48 came out and he fights Iron Fist. Now, here's the deal. Chris Claremont of the X-Men fame, of the, the greatest writer ever of all time with the X-Men, and his partner in crime, Johnny Byrne, big John Byrne, had been writing and drawing, sharing the chores on the Iron Fist comic. The Iron Fist comic that had been coming out that was struggling to connect, that was struggling to sell. Um, it's funny. John Byrne would come on a number of different titles. Iron Fist after it launched. Try and Write the Ship after it had a number of different pencilers. He came on The Champions, which was kind of the same thing. I got a lot of books I'm shuffling around here. I got two essential editions and three trade paperbacks and one giant book that has comic book covers in it. So excuse me if I'm, I'm shuffling. <clears throat> But uh, Johnny Byrne came on, came on board Iron Fist with issue. I'm, 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 I'm thinking it's issue four. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna double check that with Iron Fist. What number two with Iron Fist number two? He, he comes on board, and because uh, Marvel Premiere is the showcase for Iron Fist right up until that point. And then they decide to spin it off, and uh, Marvel Premiere number twenty-five has John Byrne drawing it. And then they decide to uh, spin it off, so then it becomes Iron Fist number one. And lo and behold, no Johnny Byrne is on this book from when they shift it from Marvel Premiere, where which was Iron Man Iron Fist Showcase comic for several issues. Again, Marvel Premiere from issue about six seven issues from issue 18 17 on was 16 15 15 was the showcase was the dedicated showcase Marvel Premiere 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 Marvel Premiere they let it get to 25. so those are all iron fist issues and they then they do iron fast iron fist on his own number one and that is John Byrne and uh <clears throat> he and Chris Claremont Shepherd these adventures of Iron Fist but by the uh, <clears throat> by issue 15 Iron Fist is is struggling now issue 14 of Iron Fist is seminal because it introduced the first appearance of Sabretooth who would go on to have a tremendous impact on Wolverine the, the X-Men um, just become a giant X-Men villain Wolverine uh, historical component to his story maybe probably the biggest you know contribution in the x-men in the in, in i'm sorry in the in the iron fist pantheon is the creation of Sabretooth by chris claremont and john Byrne. but again we're, we're talking 14 15 issues and, and iron fist is wobbly it, it 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 uh it's 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 been going in those marvel premiere issues and then they, they break it off in 1975 and by you know 76 77 it's getting wobbly well guess what power man's getting wobbly too now if you go and you look up certain different articles and if you read it's not always right but again you 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 even though i find a lot of stuff that is iffy on everybody's wikipedia page uh sometimes there's stuff that's just blatantly either wrong mischaracterized not not in context um they will tell you that Luke Cage Power Man Heroes for Hire was born in the uh in the age of the black exploitation which was the word they used for so many of the uh, cinematic heroes like Shaft that were coming out from Hollywood at the time Foxy Brown shaft. Um, Tarantino has talked Quentin Tarantino has talked extensively how those were huge uh movies for him that he saw them and was completely entertained by them. They had a real uh just kind of attitude, a verve a uh, that they were a little they were a little flippant they definitely had their own their own their own flavor. And they were extremely popular. And especially to the young, you know, to the youth, and especially given, as I've told you, all these TV shows that were coming on at the time, they were putting um, key black male lead characters uh, in their TV shows because they were reflecting everything that was going on in the culture at the time. So Power Man is born in those fires. That is historical. And he launches Heroes for Hire, eventually becomes Luke Cage. But by its 40th issue, it's getting wobbly. He's battled characters called Piranha and Piranha Joe and the man called X and Bushmaster. And he has his own very much in the realm of black exploitation uh family of villains and characters that he battles. And he is like the guardian, the protector of Harlem. And again, I I really have to have to give a shout out to Um, I thought that <clears throat> the portrayal of Luke Cage on the, on the Netflix on the next on the next <laughs> on the Netflix show uh, by Mike Coulter I thought he was a fantastic Luke Cage I thought he was just um Mike Coulter was uh, just Luke Cage personified I thought he was perfect and and uh, they did a great job of capturing him like so many of you I'm so glad Charlie Cox and his Daredevil representation because he was kind of the flagship of these Netflix shows that culminated in that Defenders, which I enjoyed. Again, I enjoyed that as well. Nice turn by Sigurney Weaver in that. Uh, Mike Coulter was fantastic. And uh, again, the embodiment of all of the Luke Cage stories that I had grown up with, except by now, Luke, you know, Luke, Luke Cage is, is bald. But during this period, he had the cool afro and the tiara and the open-shirted, you know, yellow satin shirt, he had a he had a chain for a belt. I mean, and again to a kid like me, little Robbie Liefeld just dug him, thought he was tough, thought he was badass. I told you there was a three-issue storyline where he joined the Fantastic Four, became the replacement for Ben Grimm thing when he could no longer turn into the thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is cool. Luke Cage also uh joined the Defenders, which was at its core, Doctor Strange, Submariner, Hulk, and Silver Surfer, then expanded, including characters like Luke Cage, Nighthawk, Valkyrie. So Luke Cage was very popular doing doing dances all over, you know, the Marvel pantheon. Well, because sales of Power Man were slowing down and because sales of Iron Fist were slowing down, somebody in the Marvel offices thought, "Why don't we combine them?" And we'll pull Byrne and Claremont from Iron Fist and transplant them into the Power Man book and the first storyline 48 4950 which included the Bushmasters return and and hammer and Anvil who were some pretty cool characters in the uh, 50th issue they would hang around for three issues to transform Power man and incorporate Iron Fist and by issue 50 of Power man the book had been renamed power and Iron Fist I was on my way to my aunt Jenny and Uncle times to spend uh, Tuesday or Wednesday evening during a school night, often if my parents had other things to do, they would drop me off at my aunt's. I had a cousin who I really dug hanging out with, Linda. And I remember on the way there, we stopped at the 7-Eleven and there it was staring me back in the face. Power Man 50 and white cover, great Dave Cockrum, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist running right at us with kind of a collage of other characters around them. Uh, Misty Night, Hammer Anvil, Explosions. It's just such a dynamic power man iron fist uh that number 50 cover is a fantastic just a fantastic cover it sells you on there's power man he's coming out swinging iron fist is behind him with that iron fist on fire and again the collage it just exploded i had to have it and oh my gosh it's by john byrne who is currently drawing you know avengers and x-men whom i love i had gotten power man 48 because iron man was on the cover I had missed 49, 49 I did not get for years, 49 was a gap, so I had 48, but then 50, but 50 is such a badass standalone tale, and it sets up the journey to come, and right following uh, issue issue 50, you know, now it's a whole new book, it's a whole new outlook, and you guys, it's a whole new level of sales, suddenly this book pops, suddenly, you know, it's like two great flavors that, that, that taste great together i mean it's, it's 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 peanut butter and chocolate it's 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 a reese's peanut butter cup and if you've listened to this show you know my my first love is is reese's peanut butter cups don't get me started on the big cup my, my son my wife she uh she knows that i am addicted to these things and she brought home an entire box she goes yeah i bought the box i bought the case she goes, i bought the case this is, this is literally three days ago she goes i bought the case um and i'm, I'm so excited and. It's, it's kind of a combination of big cups. with uh, Like I said, they've got the Cocoa Puffs uh, now in, inside the peanut butter cup, and then they've got the, the potato chips. And my, my son, Chase, who some of you may have seen on uh, his Disney movie, Chankin Dunk, or on the series, Wolfpack, on Paramount. Chase is very fit. He's very dedicated to his fitness. He's very dedicated to working out. Uh, he could be Danny Rand in, in a new iteration of, of Iron Fist and then get, you know, get, get, get fall fall. Uh, you know, fall prey to the same you know white savior complaints that they had about the Netflix night twenty seventeen series. But uh, he's like, what? What is this? They're putting potato chips and cereal in, in inside of in, inside of these, and, and then he said, and you eat these? And I'm like, look, can we not? Can we not candy shame, Dad? Can I? Just, can I just enjoy my my Reese's Big Cups? The Big Cup with the thicker coat, honestly, revolutionized candy. Uh, That's my position. I'm not backing off of it, but. Power Man and Iron Fist just clicked. Perfect merger of everything that was going on in the black blaxploitation world. Everything that had evolved from Shaft to the rookies to the mod squad with Link. And then what was going on in the martial arts space. And you got two different flavors. And I don't think even Marvel anticipated how great they would be together. But they do not look back. And uh, it's now a book. That I am literally, legitimately excited about, and it 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 goes to the top of my reading, and especially it it really kicks off. And and one thing I should tell you that the Power Man, the background on Power Man is there was always uh, different black artists, uh, writers con- contributing from from Trevor Von Eden to Billy Graham, not not the minister, the badass illustrator Billy Graham. He also did kick ass stuff on uh, Black Panther. But you had Trevor Von Eden coming in for a few issues. Burn, Burn and Claremont did three issues to do the transition to Power Man and Iron Fist together, and then they segued off. Trevor Von Eden would come on, <clears throat> do a couple of really kick-ass issues, and uh, and then following that, we got a, an, a, an amazing extended run by an artist that we don't talk about a whole lot here. But if John Buscema, who is on my all-time uh, like all-time list. And John Byrne had a baby. If John B. Sandman and John Byrne had a baby, it would be named Cary Gamble. Cary Gamble is got like the ultimate fundamentals, the figure work and and the beautiful uh, constructed, just all the basics, all the fundamentals. And then the flair, he had a little of that flair of John Byrne on top of John B. I've never seen anybody pull it off the way Carrie Gamble did, but did he pull it off? And we benefited because he was our artist doing our Power Man and Iron Fist book. Kerry Gamble comes on board, makes his debut with Power Man Iron Fist number 61. And uh, again, so much of what was going on on TV at the time, again, because now we're approaching, we're, we're rapidly approaching 1980, but it's still 1979. But this is the era of, like I said, the rookies of Mod Squad, of Starsky and Hutch, of Huggy Bear. Uh, and, and and again, this 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 martial arts and, and kind of uh, Guardian of Harlem theme that they've now combined You've got it on the covers with you know, pimps and uh, and 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 uh, gangsters, enforcers, and this covers like the Magia because Mo- Marvel had their own mafia and they called it the Magia, and the Magia would appear in Iron Man, it would appear in Power Man and Iron Fist. The Magia traveled. Okay, the Magia has declared open season on Power Man and Iron Fist, and now the heroes for hire are dead on target. That's the cover to uh, Power Man and Iron Fist sixty one. And Carrie Gamble provides the most amazing artwork, and uh, you know the 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 Magia enforcers are you know are are, are battling them and uh, in all manner manner uh, of different uh, super powered characters. A, a, a speedster called Thunderbolt, which you know obviously Marvel would really like that name and, and go on and do more with Thunderbolt. But uh, the Cary Gamble era is some of the most beautiful artwork. And, and I'm going to tell you this. We get a lot of Cary Gamble in here. And I don't talk about him enough because Cary uh, went off and thrived in in Hollywood. Storyboards, uh, character design. He, he really got, he really became, um, in, in, he really segued his talents into the world of special effects and, and, uh, storyboards and and pivoted towards television and film in the mid to late 80s and there was no looking back and he's so ridiculously talented he's got some uh some books on what he on some of the creatures and the character development and i know even now carrie gamel has or maybe it's just wrapped up a killer kickstarter but you should look into it google carrie k-e-r-r-y gamel g-a-m-m-i-l-l he's just a phenomenal talent like i said all the fundamentals and the basics and the great figure work and faces, uh, uh, facial structures of John Buscema, with some finishing, some some John Byrne mixed in. He would even do an issue of the Fantastic Four in the late '80s that John Byrne would ink, and it was a really interesting. You know, now, now you're getting actual John Byrne inking Cary Gamble. Uh, the Power Man Iron Fist stuff is, is the stuff that my generation will will adore and 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 remember him with the most fondly. But he did do some really great Superman books in the late '80s as well he became part of that Superman family right around the time that John Byrne was also doing Superman. He did some X-Men villains as well during the Silvestri era. Uh, I'm telling you, the bottom line, the art is very, very pretty. Pretty faces, great figure work. Uh, if John Buscemi and John Byrne had a son, I've already said that once, I'm going to say it again, it would be Cary Gamble. Well, here's the deal. This book, based on Cary hitting his stride, some great Frank Miller covers. Frank Miller starts coming on doing all the covers for Power and Iron Fist, and even at its at its peak here. And I'm sure Marvel. You know, it's it's not something I've talked to Frank Miller about. It's not the first question that I have in my mind when I bump into Frank at a show. Uh, it's not something I've ever seen anyone talk to him about in a in, in an interview uh, that I'm aware of. But Power Man and Iron Fist, while Daredevil was the number one book at Marvel, and Frank was writing and drawing it, he put Power Man and Iron Fist in an issue, and it's great. And they had great. Great rapport. They had a great, um great chemistry. The way Frank pulled them off, and then of course Frank is now doing the covers to Power Man and Iron first during this time. The book ticks up. that That's my favorite part. Both these books were circled for cancellation, and that's pretty much the most you get. You don't really. I, I haven't been able to ascertain get the actual interview with the guy that said, "Let's do this," but somewhere along the uh, along the line, Jim Shooter gave the green light, and they took the. Uh, you know, sales-challenged Power Man book and the sales-challenged Iron Fist book. And again, Power Man, Luke Cage had a lot more gas in the tank. Uh, Iron Fist was falling apart faster, even with an acclaimed creative team. Those Iron Fist books that Byrne and Claremont did together, The Wrecking Crew, Captain America, against Sabretooth, Battling the X-Men, it's really good stuff. It's really, really good stuff, really well-drawn, fast-paced, all of the same reasons that you would like you know, the X-Men stuff that Claremont and Byrne did, you would like the Iron Fist. But again, it was having trouble. It, w- it was running out of steam. They put them together. They combined their worlds. Colleen Wing, who is a martial artist herself, and depending on who drew her as a kid, I, I honestly I couldn't tell. Is she Caucasian? Is she slightly Asian? Is she completely Asian? Um, I know in the, in the show they went and she, she's portrayed completely Asian, but in the comic books, on, honestly, depending on the artist, you just didn't know at that age. And again, in 1979 okay i'm 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 11 okay so 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 again this is not advanced robbie lifel but i am putting all my lunch money all my chore money all my lawn mowing money towards comic books so i am i am absolutely obsessed absolutely consuming this but again some issues would be battling in the power man world and some would be battling in the Iron Fist realms and Kunlun, and the mysticism and Master Khan and so many of these other uh, elements uh, that that had been uh, staples of of the the Iron Fist uh, book with the uh, fr- fr- from the Iron Fist lore and from the Iron Fist myth were making their way into you know they 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 they'd, they'd switch off and <clears throat> I loved all of the mythical stuff that, that, that that's some of my if not some of my favorite stuff but again sometimes it would just be a great comic book Sabretooth and the contra- the the constrictor a, a character that i had seen in captain america and Sabretooth, who i'd seen from first obviously iron iron fist and then and then the x-men would 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 swap would, would stop by to just have a dedicated issue of kicking you know power man and Iron Fist ass, as as I am flipping through the pages of, uh, and it opens with Colleen Wing and, and Misty Knight, and uh, Iron Power Man Iron Fist 66 is a classic, great art. Here's my suggestion to you. These are probably all very affordable, whether it's on Amazon, at your at, at, whether they're at your um, local retailer, or you're going to hit up the next uh, bargain bins at the convention. You could get an entire run of, of Power Man Iron Fist for a fairly reasonable price, and you're going to be highly entertained. Again, at the juxtaposition of the two worlds, and and the expansion of the cast, bringing bringing Colleen Wing and Misty Knight um, into the adventures, and and going from sometimes random superhero battles to more mystical battles where they would uh, visit Kun Lung and 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 have to uh, battle, you know, Master Khan, and and go more into the to the uh, you know origins of uh, of Danny Rand and and the Iron Fist. And then there's be sometimes, like like in Power Man, Iron Fist, uh, number 70, where, where they're trying to take over, uh, you know, a, a, a dictator in San Salvador or Ecuador or wherever that issue's taking place. But uh, one of my absolute favorites is Iron, Power Man, Iron Fist, number 75. It was a double-sized issue, and it's, again, the ret- it, it built up to the return of Kun Lung. And one of the things I really loved about it was part of the buildup to the Kun Lung storyline was the return of the sons of tiger who uh was one white guy one asian guy and one black guy it was they were like a all-male mod squad uh and they talked about how their uh talismans were returned to them by the white tiger who the sons of tiger at one point in time each one had a talisman that gave him an extra kind of martial arts kick extra strength they abandoned those and went their separate way and decided not to be the sons of tiger and a uh spanish character named hector combined all of the all of the amulets all of the totems and became the white tiger of which then marvel featured in episodes of spider-man i'm mean, i sorry issues of spider-man marvel team up he became a character that was in the marvel universe quite prominently in the in the 70s during around the same time as they're pivoting towards power, power man and iron, and iron fist well the sons of tiger return in this uh, in iron fist power man number 74 And it's cool. They're older. One of them had been kind of a training, um, had been in and out of the books prior to this. In like issue 70, 71, they were training. um, uh, One of the Sons of Tiger had been a training partner with Danny Rand. But in this issue, you see them all uh, reunited and they have the the totems again in there and they're being attacked by a mystical ninja who could literally... Kind of vanish and, and reappear. And they tell them their plight, and they tell them that when they all used the amulets together, they were drawn to a different dimension. This opens the door for the return to Kunlung. Master Khan is behind the ninja and behind all of the um, attempts to regain the totem and this Emerald Tiger that actually turns into a real Emerald Tiger. And anyway, they follow him through a portal to go to Kunlung and Powerman Iron Fist uh, 75 was double-sized, 75 cents at the time, which was a big deal, had a great Bob Larkin painted cover, special double-sized spectacular, the most requested story of all, The Return to Kunlung. I need to mention that many of these most enjoyable, enjoyable stories was from a uh, young writer named Mary Jo Duffy. She was super talented. I would buy anything Mary Jo wrote. Eventually, and I put my money where my mouth is at Extreme Studios, I had her write my my book um, Glory for ex- many years. Uh, when we launched Glory into our own series. And I remember having uh, lunches and dinners with Mary Jo at different conventions because I just enjoyed her um, presence, her stories, her knowledge so much. And she's an extremely talented writer, plotter, story. She could craft stories, great dialogue, great characterization. She was at the forefront. She got a female writer bringing you this combination of black exploitation and martial arts each and every month. And she is kicking all sorts of ass. The stories are inspired. They're exciting. There's great action. And so Power Man and Iron Fist just takes off when they combine them. And again, they were combined out of necessity. They were combined out out of a desire to keep the book going. Now, I want to get back to the representation in the talent, because like I said, from Lee Elias, penciling some issues, from Trevor Von Eden, from Billy Graham, well, once Carrie uh, Carrie Gamble is is no longer going to be doing uh Power Man and Iron Fist regularly. And again, in speaking, in the, the one time that I spoke to Carrie Gamble, he confessed that it was really hard for him to keep the schedule. And uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, he did not ever cheat on the pencils. I mean, there is full, full on crazy amounts of details in this stuff. Well, a gentleman named Dennis Cowan joins the book, and my first Dennis Cowan issue is uh, issue 80 of Power Man and Iron Fist. We are now in 1982, uh, and Montegro is the villain of, of that issue. But Dennis Cowan is somebody that I go, who's this new guy? Again, Power Man and Iron Fist became a place where I learned of new talents like Trevor Von Eden, who would then go to DC and do some pretty interesting stuff, like Cary Gamble, and now Dennis Cowan. Dennis Cowan is more, much more famously known for starting... Uh, <clears throat> for um, starting milestone with with uh, you know so many of his 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 uh, his it, it, it was a, it was huge literally milestone was a milestone achievement when it launched it launched right around the time we did Image Comics or about the year after and milestone which came you know which which. Um, which ultimately became milestone media is not only Dennis Cowan, but was Dwayne McDuffie, the late great uh, Dwayne McDuffie, Michael Davis and Derry, Derek T. Tingle. And so they introduced, um, you know, all the great, uh, all the great characters, static, um, hardwire and uh, um, yeah, hardware, sorry, hardware, the blood syndicate icon. These guys are fantastic and Dennis is just a sweetheart heart of a man and when I met him I was so excited because I will always remember him by the tremendous work that he did in Power Man, Iron Fist and he had he reminded me his work his pencils reminded me of Frank Miller and I and that is the biggest compliment that I could ever possibly give anybody was that his work his pencils uh reminded me of the excellence of the stuff that I loved about uh about Frank Miller's work and they uh obviously Dennis had had some real mojo because uh fans you know flocked to his work from the minute that he kind of got on the map and Dennis was not a guy that ever really wanted for work or needed work uh following his debut here he would go on he would do um Moon Knight he would do all manner of different uh, assignments but one of my favorite issues that he did of Power Man Iron Fist is issues 83 and 84 <clears throat> and I had uh, fallen behind on my on my on my comic books uh, at the time and was not as active in in regular in going to the comic book store and getting the comic books and so 83 and 84 were actually books that I that I that I picked up uh, at the Walden Books off the Spinner Rack. Again, the Spinner Rack at Walden's Books. You know, I'm a junior or I'm a sophomore. I'm a junior. You know, I'm doing more social stuff. It's like I've, I've said on the show before. At that point, you're not watching cartoons anymore. You're, you're at least I was more about dating uh, all of the girls that I had crushes on in high school, hanging with my friends, sports. So comic books was now maybe a, a twice a month visit to the comic book store. But if I was out at the mall, and i was hanging out in walden books cuz the bookstore was an, was always a stop for me a non-stop dedicated visit uh, i would go hit up the spinner rack and i'm like wow look at these power man and iron fist you know issues I'm missing out and 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 issue 84 is once again Sabretooth and constrictor who were the perfect yin and yang to luke cage and power i'm um, luke cage and iron fist and i just remember going Dude, Dennis Cowan, his figure work, his faces, his storytelling. Uh, And Dennis has told me he was absolutely, I mean, influenced by Frank Miller. Sometimes you go in for the big confirms. And uh, again, Power Man, Iron Fist, uh, number 87 has Moon Knight in it. But Dennis's tenure on the book was exciting for me because I just thought, here's another new guy I've never heard of, like Trevor Von Eden, like Kerry Gamble. Who is a badass artist to do Power Man and Iron Fist? The action was on point. It was it was at the forefront, and they were always battling, you know, with super strength and martial arts, whatever opponents they pitted them th- them against. And again, Mary Joe Duffy did a great job balancing humor, balancing. I mean, they they would obviously get a rent an office space out, and then ob- not getting enough jobs to pay for the overhead, to pay for them, for, pay for their lives, because Luke Cage wanted to have you know have heroes for hire be um, self-sustaining and he didn't want to you know live off the the borrowings from 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 Danny Rand's fortune and I'm going to tell you something towards the end of this book uh, a guy who is introduced on the book that became very did did, did many issues uh, of inking and he started out as an inker. and maybe you did not know this but this is absolute a fact an absolute fact that many of you are going to hear here for the first time Mike Mignola of Hellboy started out as an inker and the first place that I remember seeing his work was in the pages again of Power Man Iron Fist and here he is he is inking Power Man Iron Fist number 100. Prior to that he is inking Power Man Iron Fist number 97. He comes in in 1983 and the Mike Mignola that I encounter first and foremost just like Wills Portacio was an inker inking Art Adams on Longshot because Before he blew your mind as the penciler of Punisher and X Factor and X Men and what works in whatever other you know works that you absolutely adore, wills from Mike Mignola the same thing started out as an inker. So when I tell you the Power Man and Iron Fist is an absolute treasure trove of talent, take me up on it. Believe me, go get those issues. They're affordable. You'll dig it. It's the ultimate success story of two books about to be canceled, two books, two bi monthly books that are struggling. That they go well. What if we combine these guys? And of course, it's it's a diversity uh, flex because you know, Power Man. Look, the book was Power Man. They didn't transform it from Iron Fist Power Man. Power Man was still the lead character, still the more popular of the two. But making it into a book that would then I would see. I remember in like 1982, 83. I'm like 48 hours. Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte, and then you know you get to Rush Hour and you get to all the different iterations of this formula that i first encountered in power man iron fist but pretty much the buddy cop movie and ultimately the, the the ultimate flex would be the lethal weapon movies you know even though maybe rush hour had a couple breakouts bigger and better but you get what i'm going here you get where i'm going with with 48 hours with with uh with with lethal weapon with with rush hour i mean it's a huge formula a huge success that I first saw in Marvel comic books, who always had great representation, great diversification. And this comic is a gem. Tons of new talent walked through the doors of Power Man and Iron Fist for the very first time. Mary Jo Duffy, fantastic. Helmed the ship for many issues. And, and if you're looking again at it, Power Man is about to get canceled in the 40s. Iron Fist can't even make it to issue 1617. Together, they add 75 more issues that many more years th- th- this was a winning combo this is quite not as obviously big of a flex as the x-men but think of the 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 promotion that whoever could walk down the halls going that was my idea it was my idea to do power man analysis we, we took the martial artist guy and the blaxploitation uh enforcer of 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 you know of harlem and we combined them and kids like me we were the ones that were the beneficiaries we were the ones they got the rewards, and I am telling you right now, I just had the best time. I just had the best time with Power Man and Iron Fist. I figured it was a great time to share it with you because it is that one thing that I love. It's that success story behind the behind the scenes pull back the curtain. Somebody made a call. No, let's not cancel these. Let's do this, and it extended it. I mean, seventy five issues. I mean, we're looking at another seven years worth of stories where these characters were about to be sidelined, and then the the, the tremendous talent. That broke through and did some incredible work. I'm gonna tell you, as much as I like everything else Carrie Gamble's done, he is trying to impress you and wow you when it's that period in an artist's career where they're like, this is my shot. I am in a flex. He is a fantastic draftsman, artist. Dennis Cowan, same, Trevor Wan Eden, same. And obviously it's fun to see at the end. Now this book went to 125 issues. Okay. It didn't just, it 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 keeps going. There's multiple uh essential editions, epic editions. Marvel has really done a good job of keeping these fresh and keeping them out there especially given that they were both on the on Netflix 2017 2018 the Defenders show so couldn't recommend this more highly a a true highlight as a fan to experience this book and think of all the talent again you know you got to go back to John Byrne. did, did George Perez do issues of, of power man yes he did the man called X those issues Billy Graham uh, again tons of great talent Gil Kane on Iron Fist before uh but b- b- before John Byrne Really sweet book, uh, really cool, cool uh, stories. Highly recommended. A great uh, diverse diversity story, a great representation story, and a great marketing and success story to boot. Power man and Iron Fist. I, I, fair to say, honestly, an, an innovation, an innovator, an innovative work for all the reasons I said. New talent, diversity. Uh, you know representation and and just necessity necessity let's keep these let's keep this ship sailing by formatting it differently you know in in television the history of television going back as far as you know i love lucy way before my time but i was catching it in reruns all the way through friends and and and, and whatever else You know, you may watch or enjoy as a as as a season of a show gets deeper. The writers, the producers, the network—they make notes. They 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 add they add a new girlfriend. They add a new neighbor. They add a new cousin uh, that 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 pops through the door. That's supposed to to bring new life to the show. They 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 you know, it's generally the cutest kid they can find to be the neighbor kid or to be you know the cousin or the new girlfriend. Or you know, make the characters pregnant, bring babies in. It, it, it's always something to, to juice the ratings. And in the history of television, it's, it's very rare that any of that works. In most instances, it does. It does not work, and and the show, uh, the whatever it is, cannot be saved because it's just it's just run its course. So when you take something that has quite just naturally. Uh, over time, the attrition has, 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 has resulted in, in the numbers just falling off. To, to have the success, to get another seven years, to get another 75 issues. I mean, when they did it, it's 48. So it's, it's like to get another 77 issues out of, out of this concept. It's, it's just amazing. So, so, uh, really fun going over it, sharing it with you guys today. So, so many, so many reasons to celebrate this really cool comic. That uh, defied the odds, punched through, continued, and uh, just part part of the reason I just love comic books so much. Just super uh, fresh, just absolutely ridiculously fresh. Check it out, as I've said repeatedly throughout the show, and uh, in in the opening. That, that has the little jingle in the song you'll, you'll you'll hear me and i already said he'd like talk about ebony and ivory and and, and again it wasn't too far off around this time that, that paul mccartney and, and stevie wonder did did their song ebony and ivory and it and it, it exploded it was a huge hit so so power man on emphasis is like paul mccartney and stevie wonder with uh with martial arts okay and that, that that that's that's a joke by the way so so don't don't take it too too terribly seriously Always enjoy hanging out with you. Always enjoy taking this ride. I very much hope that you look into it and and see the early works of Trevor Von Eden, uh, of, of Dennis Cowan, of Kerry of Gamble, the early inking prowess of Mike Mignola. Mignola. At the end of each and every episode of Rob's observation I bring you a review. I, I, I am so grateful when you guys go out of your way to share your reviews. We've covered it many times. It helps the show stand out. It gives us a uh, an extra kind of goosing us in, in in terms of profile and excitement and awareness. Because obviously, as as you know, I, I thought the space was crowded. The reason I didn't do a podcast for years was I thought the space was so crowded. And now I can't even imagine starting a podcast because three years, three years into this. It, it's it's more crowded than it ever was prior. So, again, your reviews and the things that you say and the things that you share are so very important. Max Akri. I just got to say it with a kind of Max Acree, say it with that little 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 pop little accent. Uh, he wrote, he says, great. So he's talking about the recent Star Wars show, recent recent Star Wars holiday episode we aired. His great context on the variety show as a cultural norm back in those days i've only ever seen this through youtube so i've always been curious what the live airing experience could have been like i actually find some of the goofball skits endearing now and b arthur's cantina would absolutely fit right in on an episode of the book of boba fett i i gotta tell you i that really hit me that hits home uh, i'm it, it maybe says all the wrong things about the state of what's going on but but that comment from you Max really hits home his his comment that says be arthur's cantina would absolutely fit right in on the book of boba fett uh he said the show is all over the place in terms of tone but at the time uh very left field uh for original efforts okay max thank you thank you for listening thank you for jotting your thoughts again uh I'm 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 so happy that you were able to uh, relate in terms of the variety of shows of the time. Because again, that's a, a, being of a time of a place. Every single work we share, whether it's an album, whether it's a movie, television show, comic book, novel, it is of a time. It's of a place. Often now, people love to take it; they like to remove it from its norms of the time, and then. Look at it 40, 30 years later, and then make all new judgments based on 2023, 20, which is just ridiculous. It's, it's, it's not the same. Everything is of a time. Thank you for acknowledging the part about the variety show. And and that that I really felt was a necessary way to look at it in the lens of looking at stuff like that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for jotting that very generous review. I appreciate it so very much when you leave reviews. For the Rob Observations podcast. I I read them here at the end of the show and I again thank you for the word of mouth. And I look at um the the great response we're getting and the numbers um and, and and the the listeners that we're adding. And I know it is because of you and you only. So thank you, thank you for for spreading the word of mouth about all that we have going on here. In terms of social media, I am all over the place. I will be the last person on Twitter. Remember. Five, four months ago, everyone was, I'm leaving Twitter. Oh, it's going down. Uh, Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. It's still there. It operates exactly the way it used to. And I'm still there. I'm Robert Liefeld, the full name, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I I used to tell you that I had a blue check next to my name. I expect that to be dropped any single day now because they've changed that. But um, if by chance it's still there, great. Otherwise, if it goes away, I'm still going to be there at Robert Liefeld on Twitter. I love reading your responses. Uh, all of our interactions our dms thank you for following me on the twitter platform and uh, i enjoy all the ways that we talk back and forth and thank you for for following me on twitter over on instagram my photo diary of my life what i'm drawing what i'm eating uh what me and my family are doing it's it's my as i've said because i love saying it my kids call it my cringe photo dump and it is my cringe photo dump and you are invited to follow along with me there i am at rob leifeld r-o-b-l-i-e-f-e-l-d rob Liefeld have the same blue verification there to tell you that it's really me but that could go away in a moment's notice as well these these things are i think um, um quickly fading but at rob leifeld on instagram hope to see you there i have a facebook group it's called rob leifeld marvel extreme and beyond we discuss all Different comics, my career, the stuff I've worked on, characters. And most importantly, we keep the conversations that start here on the show open in many different threads over there on the group. And we would love for you to be part of that conversation over on the Rob Liefeld uh, Marvel Extreme and Beyond Facebook group. Look for it. If you get clicked in by myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala, S A L A, you'll know that you're in the right place. We're the administrators. We look forward to seeing you there. I am on an app called whatnot 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 is a uh, killer collectible app where you can pretty much get anything you want back issues of comic books current issues of comic books funko pops uh action figures toys you can get sports memorabilia jerseys kicks uh you can get Yu-Gi-Oh cards pokemon cards uh all, all manner of, of role-playing cards I am on the app when I am on the app. If you follow me at Rob Liefeld, it'll show you when I have another show. And I am itching to get back; haven't quite made it back yet. Been been off for a few weeks, but when I come back at Rob Liefeld, just just Rob Liefeld, just just look up Rob Liefeld on whatnot. There I am. Uh, Join me when I go live. You'll get an alert, and I it's me talking to the camera the entire time, sharing signed and remarked uh, Funko Pops toys, original art, comic books many exclusives. I have exclusives with Whatnot. I have a Deadpool New Mutants exclusive. I have a Spider-Man Whatnot exclusive. I have a Brigade Whatnot exclusive. We've got all manner of different exclusives. We've got some new ones coming at the end of the month in April. So want you to check me out on Whatnot and join with me. That, pod, that live stream is like an extension of this podcast. I am there talking to you, giving kind of off-the-cuff remarks the entire time. It's a little bit more unhinged than this podcast. So just um, be warned. Now, here's the deal in the comic book space. Right now, uh, for the next several months, I am receiving through CGC, the incredible top grading company uh, in our business. CGC is give, is doing an in-house private signing with me. I will fly to Florida and sign your books in August. And But right now, people always ask me, Rob, can I give you a book? Can I send you a book? I get that Uh, I get those messages from Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and messages from whatnot and all manner of ways that you guys reach out. I get emails. I get cold call emails. This is the time. If you have a favorite book by me, if you have a book that you would like me to sign, you need to go to the CGC website, click on their link. Um, The Rob Liefeld in-house private signing has its own page. It gives you a menu of all the different options. Click through, figure out what you want, get your form uh, filled out and, and make sure that you get your book mailed into them uh what they expect this to be a really busy submission and, and a and, and it's already uh several of the categories sold out within minutes so you guys get on that if it's talking if it's if it's New Mutants if it's X-Force if it's the first Deadpool cable uh, if it's Youngblood the book that launched Image Comics it's if it's my Captain America my Avengers my Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Major X whatever it is uh get it ready, get it sent in. I am so excited to sign these. They're really the thing that really tilted me because I have never, ever done this before. This will be my first ever CGC signing. The thing that really tilted me is I am slowing down and not doing as many personal appearances, not doing as many conventions and stores as I have been doing in the last decade. And I can't imagine that I'm going to ramp up and do a whole lot more of them in the future. But the fact that when talking to the CGC people, people from Alaska and Ireland and Germany and Japan, they send they send their books in. I'm not likely going to get to Alaska. I'm not likely going to get to Montana or Idaho or Iowa. But this is your way uh, to send the books in and make sure that with witnesses on the floor and very careful in the in the way we handle your 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 books, we get your books signed to your satisfaction. So CGC private in house signing. Uh, the submissions are going on now through July. Get your stuff in. Cannot wait to see what you send me and sign it at my CGC private in-house signing. At the end of each and every show, I am so amped to wish you all the very best mentally, spiritually, uh, physically, and emotionally. I hope that you are doing well. I hope that you are overcoming whatever obstacles are on your path. Uh, I would love to help you carry those burdens. Take, Take some time off. That is my absolute recommendation uh you know there's a couple of days here in the house I just wasn't leaving I was just grinding 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 just trying to be very disciplined getting my work done. I'm just trying to get as much stuff done uh, before uh, I, I do do some of these different uh, family trips in the summer so I'm really pushing myself but I'm like I need to get out I went out started the car, uh, drove honestly to the Whole Foods nearby which has a tremendous outdoor courtyard, uh, grabbed a slice of pizza and uh, a plate and went outside and sketched in my sketchbook, got a change of scenery, watched people walking their dogs, playing with their kids, just took it in in a different setting, just had to change the setting. But it took me getting off my ass, walking out of my house, starting up the car, driving away for a little while. I was away for two hours, came back totally uh, rejuvenated and and ready to rock and roll and ready to refocus. Sometimes you just got to take that break. And again, what did I do? I had a slice of pizza, okay? And uh, maybe I'd do, you know, uh, and, and, uh, the whole foods pizza selection is, is among the best I've ever seen, by the way. And, and those of you who go there, um, understand, uh, just a tremendous, tremendous amount of, 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 killer buffet options. And again, the multiple pizzas. So today, that day I picked the pizza slices, went outside, got some fresh air, sat in the shade on their nice, comfy, um, relaxing chairs, watched people you know, live their lives, got some distraction, got some fresh perspective. Sometimes that's me watching a movie, sometimes it's me getting one of my omnibuses, jumping out of my beanbag and reading the Adventures of the Fantastic Four or The Avengers or Black Panther or, you know, Power Man and Iron Fist. So I am rooting for you. Uh unplug, spend time with family, spend get get some time alone, whatever you need, with friends, around great food, candy. Uh look, it's it's going into spring and summer, a popsicle. Okay, a great popsicle, a great ice cream sundae. Uh, So many different great ice cream options. Don't even get me started. Anyway, I'm rooting for you. Fist bump through the microphone. Take care of yourself, and uh, you know, just just got to make time for yourself and and get that get that rejuvenation, get that get that uh, get that second wind. Please come back. Please find me again. I will be here. We most certainly, absolutely, and you know inevitably. We'll talk again real soon.